welcome. Raise your inner game today. This is David Levin. Mental Game Monday, Monday, October 25th. Missed last week. Sorry about that. Almost missed today. I had it on my calendar and I just forgot. And about a half hour ago, middle of dinner, I was like, oh no. So anyway, I did want to get one in today. So here we are. So what things were holding me down, pulling me down and lifting me up this week? I want to start with the gravity items. Because this is actually a really interesting one. It's a little sidebar, but, you know, especially doing this every other week, uh, it's really interesting to me how I can completely forget things. Like if I sat down right now and said, oh, what happened these last two weeks? I'd have next to nothing on my mind. But looking at my notes, I'm like, oh, right, that was a pretty big thing. I forgot about that. And, oh, yeah, that was a great one. You know, so there's a lot. It's really interesting to see how much these notes help you just remember your life. <laughs> Honestly, some sort of inner game journal is so powerful. All right. So anyway, this was a really interesting experience for me. So there was just an event going on at school and I was helping with setting up the sound and going to record the thing, the video. And um, I guess the interesting part of the story is that, you know, combined circumstances, I didn't have the help I thought I was going to have. There was more to do than I realized. And I was just feeling a lot of pressure, I guess. I got into a very odd, altered state. Like I don't usually, oh, almost ever, get into a state like that where I was just kind of wigged out. Like Margaret was there, and there was a moment where she came up to say, you know, how can I help? And I was just kind of like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You know, I wasn't quite angry. She, I didn't do anything that made her mad at me later. But I had really lost my effectiveness to a great extent. I was just kind of scrambling. I was feeling kind of desperate. I think I was being a little bit short with people around me in a way that I didn't really feel great about later. Um, but that was really pretty extreme. It's kind of hard to describe it. But I was quite altered, agitated, uh, moving hyper speed, uh, but not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> I don't think it made me more effective. And it certainly wasn't very enjoyable. So that was really interesting. And then another thing worth noting, to me anyway, was later that day. Basically, the, the short part of the story is it didn't really stay with me. I was in that state, and it was, you know, it was a couple hours in the morning. But that night, we had a dinner over at our house. I think it was uh, a birthday dinner for Francis, a family dinner. And it was just one of those experiences that I just love so much. They're really... About my favorite thing, just being together with people you are connected with enough that you can all pretty much just completely be yourselves. And they're lovely people, you know. So it's just rich and beautiful and fun and it's just a lovely thing. And it was crazy to me to have both those experiences in the same day because that morning was really wild. But uh, by the end of the day, it was fantastic. So that's pretty good. Here's another one um, on the weight side. It wasn't so much for me. It just felt a little bit more sort of empathetically. But so that birthday dinner, the plan was that after that, I guess it was going to be the next night. There was going to be a sleepover. She turned 13. That's a pretty big, pretty big milestone. She was going to have the family dinner. And then the next day, the party was going to start, the birthday party, including a sleepover. And she'd been talking about this four weeks, right? You can imagine 
just looking forward to this. This is going to be so great. I'm so excited about my birthday. It's the party. Oh, I just can't believe how excited I am. During dinner, we get some emails from the school. Oops, there's been a COVID case in the class, and everybody is considered a close contact. And so, whoops, no party, no sleepover. Oh, man, I felt so bad for her. You know, to her credit, she was like, ah, it's not that bad. I mean, we'll, I know we'll reschedule it. It'll be all right. I was super impressed. But that was just its one of those things where it was just the surprise of it. You know, you have your plans. Everything looks reasonable and realistic, and you have your expectations. And then something just kind of comes out of the blue and just knocks it off, right? I'm reminded of that great John Lennon line, life is what happens while you're making other plans. But anyway, it was just a big enough thing that I thought to put it on my notes for the recording. How about that? Wasn't it really huge, but it was notable. All right, so back to the uplifting things. Kind of a fun list. Some friends of ours invited us to join them for a trivia game at a local bar, really. You know, our town is so small. There's just really a handful of places you can go anyway for anything. (laughs) You know, less than 5,000 people. But this relatively new place is opened in a hotel that's been refurbished. Just this beautiful old, I want to say 20s or 30s even, beautiful hotel building that's been restored. And they've got a lounge in there now. So they have these Wednesday night trivia nights, and I might be one of the few people who doesn't have much experience with this because they're pretty common. I'd never been to one. Oh, my gosh, we had so much fun. It was just an hour from 7 to 8 just in the evening. We had an absolute blast. And one really funny thing. Uh, so it was the four of us, by the way, me and uh, Margaret and another couple. And uh, we came in dead last, <laughs> just dead last. We were like, oh, my gosh, how's that possible? It turns out that larger groups are an advantage, although I think the winner, maybe the first and second place, were just a couple. Like, how's that possible? But anyway, we get up to leave because you could do two rounds. There's a seven to eight and an eight to nine. And we were, we were only going to stay for the first one. So we get up to leave. And the table next to us, we didn't know them, but they're like, oh, no, don't go. And my first reaction was like, oh, how nice. They they somehow, uh, you know, appreciated us. I don't know. Nice. And then what they said next was, if you leave, we'll be last. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. It was just so funny to me. Anyway, I ain't got a kick out of that. Another one completely unrelated. Um, I've talked about this elsewhere. I think I read a blog post about it, but there's a a saying, I don't know if it's actually Stoic. I heard it from Ryan Holiday, who is, you know, has written so much about Stoicism. But it's memento mori. I hope I'm saying that close enough. Memento mori basically means remember that you'll die, uh, not to be morbid, but basically to say, you know, you are going to die and you really should live as fully as you can <laughs> while you can. You don't know what's going to happen. What it specifically does for me. I guess I have just one little thought in it I use to apply to myself. But whenever I think of that phrase, memento mori, what I think is, if I were to die tomorrow, if this were my last day, is how I'm being right now, how I would like to be remembered? Is this what I would like the people in my life to think of me in my last day? And the reality is, the answer is almost never yes. And I don't mean I'm you know super bad or anything, but 
whatever state I'm in at the time, when I think of that statement, okay, you might die tomorrow, this might be your last day, there's always a lift in there for me. I always want to be more open, more positive, more engaged, more focused, always. So what that, I mean, that tells me a bunch of things, but one of them is that just my default state, even though I work on this stuff all the time, is still, you know, sort of laden, sort of gravity influenced. And I'm guessing that's true really for all of us. I don't think it's a bad statement on me. I certainly don't take it that way. What I take it as is it really helps to be intentional about how you are being. And this particular uh, phrase just really helps me with that every single time. So one thing I did, uh, oh, where did the reminder come from? Let me think about that. Oh, I was listening to uh, Sam Harris podcast, I think. Oh, right. It wasn't about this statement. It was about just the whole idea of considering the reality of your impending death at some point, right? It doesn't have to be tomorrow or next year, but it's going to happen. And think about it. He had done a poll on Twitter to ask people basically how often they thought about it. You know, is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it yearly? Is it basically never? And he was shocked to find out how infrequent it was for most people, mostly because, and this was the shocking part for me, he thinks about it many, many times every single day. It's just forefront in his mind. It comes up all the time. And his experience of it is that it really does help him do just what I'm saying, help him live more fully, be more focused on the things that really are important, you know? All those kind of helpful sort of perspective shift. So that got me thinking about it again and reminding myself how much it helps me. Uh, I have a little challenge coin I bought. I call them challenge coins. They're a little brass size of a silver dollar, basically. I got it from Brian Holiday, and it has Memento Mori on there. And you keep it in your pocket or your purse, and that's a reminder. I decided that that really wasn't quite the level because you can forget about that pretty quickly. So I actually ordered a little wristband, a little one of those... Silicone wristbands is going to come this week, I hope. I'm just going to wear that. Uh, Ryan Holiday has a tattoo on his hand or the inside of his forearm. Memento Mori. I'm not really a tattoo guy. <laughs> I'm not so sure that's what I want to do yet. So I thought this wristband would be the next best thing. But I really do recommend that. Um, obviously not for everybody. But, oh my goodness, is that helpful for me. And again, I want to say helpful in exactly the ways I most appreciate having help it automatically puts me into the state that I am my best and I feel the best about. So it's really great. Here's another little one, but oh my God, it made me so happy. So I'll try and make it a relatively short story. This is going on a little bit, but basically I was able to upgrade my laptop. I got a new laptop ordered, a MacBook Air, brand new one. And I was able to find a deal that I'm going to make this huge upgrade. It's going to be like five, six, eight times faster than what I have now. That is a huge leap, right? That's an unprecedented sort of leap. And the whole thing's going to cost me $450. <laughs> How is that possible? It just worked out. I mean, they come out with this new line with the M1 chip, which is many times faster than anything before. It wasn't just incremental speed boost. It was massive speed boost plus a massive, massively improved battery life. And I thought to go check about a refurbished one and they had one 
a year old, but that's the exact same model that they're selling today. So it's basically like today's model. I mean, it really is today's model. And I thought, well, let me just see. I know they got this trade-in program. Let me just see what my existing one is worth. And my existing one got a trade-in of $400. So it was $1,000 to start, $850 for refurbished, $400 for trade-in. I'm making this massive improvement for $450. The last time I upgraded my laptop, I got a new laptop last time. Not nearly that sort of performance improvement. And it was $1,600. That made me very happy. <laughs> and then the last one, um, I got an idea for a new series within this podcast, actually. I forgot to think that that would be something that would directly potentially apply to you. I've just been thinking for a while about this one particular idea. It hasn't occurred to me that it was a Raise Your Inner Game topic. It hadn't occurred to me it was a Sports Academy topic, which, of course, is my main focus now. And all of a sudden, one day, I was intentionally sitting down with the assignment, the self-assigned project. I got to figure out what I could do with the podcast that would bring in guests, interviews, and just a more in-depth sort of project besides my blog posts, which are always sort of just, you know, monologues and these mental game things. And I was just thinking and thinking and things started to click. And all of a sudden I had this idea for a new series that I was so excited about, I could hardly sleep that night. <laughs> you know, is it any good? I don't know. That's not the point. The point of this story is how amazingly inspiring and uplifting it was to have an idea. It wasn't that I thought it was a great idea, although I do. It was that it was a good enough idea to really drive more thinking and more creativity and more just sort of mental experimentation and, oh, if we did that, we could do this. And, oh, you know, it was just a blast to do. About as fun as it gets as far as uh, an internal creative sort of experience. So that was nice. But I will say, of course, it also has the downside to it because... I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my experience of creating things like that, writing songs, posts, the kind of things I write, is that it can be quite a roller coaster, sort of manic, depressive, small m, small d. I'm not saying seriously that's what it is, but when I click into something that I think really is really sounding good, really making sense, there's this sense of, oh my God, this is genius. I am a genius. I don't really mean that, but you know what I mean, right? This is just amazingly great. And then pretty quickly, you can also get, oh, but it might be terrible. And I might be mortified. <laughs> and I might never want anybody to hear about it. And it kind of goes up and down. That could be quite um, a whiplash, you know, emotionally. But it's, it, honestly, it's part of the fun for me. I've been through that so many times now. I recognize that sort of insecure pushback process and just know that it's somewhere in between anyway. It's not the greatest thing ever and it's not mortifying. It's just something else in there and I just can ride those waves as part of the joy. But anyway, that was it for this week. Apologize for the late one. Apologize for skipping last week, sort of, though we know it. it's not that uncommon. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll talk again next week.